With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Liz Wheeler Show, episode 435. Take one. Oh my word, that debate last night. Listen, just like sports fans like all of their special events, whether it's the Super Bowl or the World Series or whatever else there is, the playoffs, I'm a political junkie. Politics is kind of my sport and my hobby. And I generally like watching the debates. It is kind of like the Super Bowl for us political nerds is to watch the Republican primary debates, the Democrat primary debates, and then the presidential debates. I actually usually really find it entertaining, even as it's kind of cringy. But I got to tell you, that debate last night, it was worse than the first one. And it wasn't just because Donald Trump wasn't there. I understand why Donald Trump doesn't go to these debates because the RNC has basically done him dirty. Fox News is doing him dirty. And why should he when he's so much so high up in the polls? I guess that third reason is probably the least of all the good reasons why he's not there. The, the point of this is I understand why Trump is not there, but I wish that he would be because I think he's really entertaining on the debate stage. He's actually, of all these candidates, the only one that has debate stage skills and it would have been more fun to watch. So a couple of overall takeaways. In a sense, these debates seem pointless to me because Trump is up by so much. So I wish that the moderator of this debate would ask the other candidates why they're here still. Are they here because they don't think that Trump is going to secure the nomination? And if so, what is their thought process on this? Do they think he's going to be put in jail? Do they think he's going to be you know, convicted of one of these felonies? Do you think he's going to be forced to drop out? Like, why are you here? Because you're obviously just competing for second place. Yet the moderators on Fox News are too busy speaking in Spanish to actually ask good questions. So a couple of clips that I think are important. These, these points are important. This clip, this next clip, I will warn you, this is why the Republican Party doesn't attract young people and why so many people are disgusted with the Republican Party. This is Chris Christie with apparently the best zinger that his political speechwriting team could possibly come up with. And it's just a bucket full of cringe. Listen to this. And I want to look in that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Like the people that are laughing in the audience are laughing because they're uncomfortable not because that was funny. Like, can you imagine if your campaign team brings you a, a dossier with pre-written one-liners and you're going through and seeing which ones you like the best and this is the one you pick? Good Lord. This is, this is, why, this is why even conservatives don't have faith in the Republican Party because this is the best we have. Like, how do you get so far that you are one of the presidential candidates for the Republican Party and you don't know anything? 
Like I could get up on that stage. You guys could get up on that stage and we would perform better than these candidates. We know more than these candidates. We actually are willing to fight and acknowledge the reality of the political enemy that we face better than these candidates. They don't know what they're talking about. Another moment. So on X tonight, people were reacting saying, oh, Vivek had some good answers. He had People liked his answer on birthright citizenship. They liked his answer on the fentanyl crisis. And some of his answers sounded okay. I understand that. If you transcribed his answers, some of what he said, if you were just parsing it word for word, maybe sounded better than some of the other candidates. But I just still cannot trust the guy. And Tim Scott, finally, finally, someone actually called out Vivek for the reason that I can't trust him because of his actions just two, three, four years ago. This is what Tim Scott said to Vivek. One step further, though. When we have a conversation about the things that are happening on this stage, we think about the fact that Vivek just said we were all good people. And I appreciate that because last debate, he said we were all bought and paid for. And I thought about that for a little while and said, you know, I can't imagine how you can say that knowing that you were just in business with the Chinese Communist Party and the same people that funded Hunter Biden, millions of dollars, was a partner this of yours as well. It's not nonsense. Is Tim Scott wrong? Of course he's not wrong. Of course he's not wrong. No, this would mean a little bit more. I would probably be more of a fan of Tim Scott if he hadn't received the largest donations from Big Pharma of any of the 100 senators in the United States Senate a year or two ago. But of course, Tim Scott will never be asked about this in a Fox News debate because just like Big Pharma funds these politicians like to big like Tim Scott, Big Pharma also funds Fox News. So they're never going to ask him a question about that. The best answer of the night goes to DeSantis. And I say this without any excitement because I don't think DeSantis is very skilled on the debate stage. I think that the, his polling numbers, his falling poll numbers show that since he's launched his campaign and is out of the action in Florida, that's where he thrives. He's, he's a very good governor. He's very good at governance. He's very good at applying political philosophy to governance. He's not very good at campaigning and he's not very good at this, this public speaking. Um, he did have the best answer, however, on education. And the reason, let me point this out, the reason that it was his best answer is because he forgot to put on this like character that he puts on when he's on the debate stage usually. And he forgot to just give one of his canned answers. And instead, he explained, just like he does when he's in Florida, why he did something in Florida regarding education reform. And for one second, you saw the authentic DeSantis. And I think a lot of us were like, oh, there he is. Where's this guy been? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, whether it's too late for his campaign, 
you could make the argument that it probably is, but for better or for worse, he had the best answer of the night on education, and here it is. Slaves develop skills which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. You have said slaves develop skills in spite of slavery, not because of it. But many are still hurt. For the sentence of slaves, this is personal. What is your message to them? So first of all, that's a hoax that was perpetrated by Kamala Harris. Uh, we are not going to be doing that. Second of all, that was written by descendants of slaves. These are great black history scholars. So we need to stop playing these games. Here's the deal. Our country's education system is in decline because it's focused on indoctrination, denying parents' rights. Florida represents the revival of American education. We're ranked number one in the nation in education by U.S. News and World Report. My wife and I, we have a six, five, and three-year-old. This is personal to us. We didn't just talk about universal school choice. We enacted universal school choice. We didn't just talk about parents' bill of rights. We enacted the parents' bill of rights. We eliminated critical race theory, and we now have American civics and the Constitution in our schools in a really big way, just like President Reagan asked for in his farewell address back in 1989. Florida is showing how it's done. We're standing with parents, and our kids are benefiting. And there's the DeSantis that a lot of people were excited for when he announced for presidency that we haven't seen since he announced his candidacy. Whether it's too late for him or not, I'll let you make up your mind. It's probably too late for him, in my opinion. I mean, he's dropped, what, like 10, 11, 12 points since he announced in May. President Trump is way ahead of him. Again, it does beg the question what all these candidates are doing on the stage. I don't know that they're helping themselves. The overall takeaway from this debate is it's kind of frustrating to see the leaders of the Republican Party be so disconnected from the base, from you and me. We sit here every day and we talk about these culture war issues that mean so much, whether it's the transgender ideology attacking our kids, whether it's critical race theory, whether it's DEI in our corporations, whether it's woke corporations that are bound to an ESG score, all of these, these things, abortion even, the definition of marriage, all of these things are fundamental to our country, and you and I understand them. You and I understand that even if they're uncomfortable topics to talk about, this is where the left is attacking us. So if we choose to ignore where the left is attacking us, it doesn't make the attack go away. It just makes us lose. And watching these candidates on the stage, it kind of reminded me, well, yeah, this is why we're losing, because the Republican Party hasn't done a good job of identifying the political enemy and then being strategic about how to fight back. So I find that a be, to be a little bit demoralizing. We'll go through the candidates one by one here. So President Trump, the, it, it's an obvious absence when he's not on stage. I wish he was on the stage. He's so funny in these debates. He's, I would have loved to hear his comeback to when Christie said Donald Duck, because you know Trump would have just squashed that guy. And that's not easy to do, but I'm ching. Um, but he wasn't there. I understand why he wasn't there, but I still wish that he would be. DeSantis, it was good to see a moment of authenticity from him, but he's falling in the polls so significantly that I'm not sure that his campaign can recover. People wondered when he announced, would he be a legitimate challenger to Trump? I think the answer has become clear, and that answer is no. Now, could something change between now and sometime in the next year? Yeah, a lot of things can change, but as of right now, that's just my objective analysis of it. Vivek seems to have already had his moment. After the first debate, he was one of the most highly Googled people, or his name at least was one of the highly Googled search terms because people liked the way that he talked. He, he does speak very clearly about some of these issues. He does talk about some of the cultural issues, but 
most people, it seemed, and I, I, I talked to a lot of you guys about this. We talked about it on the show. I talked about it on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. A lot of people just don't trust him because of his ties to Big Pharma, his ties to the Chinese Communist Party, and you know the, the flip-flopping viewpoints on things, even like January 6th and Donald Trump. Nikki Haley, she actually had a very good debate performance, to be fair, objectively, if we're just looking at this very narrowly, just the debate. She had some of the strongest answers and she came off the best, very poised. Uh, she, she talked a little bit fast, but I mean, so do I. So who am I to criticize that? Um, but the fact of the matter is, it's not, we can't judge these candidates just by their debate performance. It's not that narrow judgment. And at the end of the day, Haley never saw a war that she didn't like. She wants to continue to fund Ukraine. And that is a hard deal breaker for me. If you don't understand what it means to continue to give money to Zelensky, then you don't understand what, what our country is facing, this, this crisis and this urgency that we have to fight back against the global elite that seek to control us. And Haley just doesn't get that. Chris Christie, I mean, he's kind of a spectacle to watch. I kind of, it's almost like a guilty pleasure seeing how embarrassing Chris Christie is going to be the next day. But at the end of the day, he opposes states banning transgender surgeries for children. So why is he even up there? Who's even going to vote for this guy? Tim Scott takes too much big pharma money and Doug Burgum, it's almost just an LOL that he got on the second debate stage, right? Because I don't think many people even knew what his name was before the first debate. Um, I hope. I hope the fact that this field is so crowded, and this, I guess, is my moment of positivity because I know this is kind of a cynical debate analysis here. The moment of positivity is that you and I are so committed to um, real conservative values, so committed to being based, so committed to taking our country back that we are going to have an impact on these candidates. We are going to serve sort of the opposite, but the mirror image of the role that Bernie Sanders served in the 2016 primary, where his existence running against Hillary Clinton, and he was running as an open socialist, very, very far to the left of Hillary. Like Hillary's very, very corrupt, and she wants to be in bed with the global elite, but she's not necessarily an outright communist, right? She's just a corrupt, greedy, power-hungry, terrible person. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But Bernie Sanders served to pull her further to the left. Hillary Clinton took positions on things further to the left than she ever had in her entire career because of what Bernie Sanders did. And my hope is that you and I will serve that same purpose for in, in the Republican primary, that we will force these candidates to actually listen to us and to represent our viewpoints. Uh, so even if we get someone that we're not entirely happy with, that they, ha they have accountability to us, they have to listen to us, and we serve to bring them more to the based side 
that's my hope at least. Maybe it's a pie in the sky wish. I also wish that these candidates would read my book. If they read my book, Hide Your Children, exposing the Marxists behind the attack on America's children, they would understand the reality of the political enemy that we face so that we could better calibrate our fight against it. And they would understand why the Republican Party continues to lose these cultural battles. It's hard to sit here and argue that the Republican apparatus has been successful when for the past 50 or 60 years, we've just lost cultural battle after cultural battle to the point where we exist in this madhouse, this insanity that's raging around us right now. And you and I have a choice. Are we going to continue with this same Republican Party or accepting what the Republican Party is offering? Or are we going to tell them that it's time to reset? It's time for them to rethink. It's time for them to recalibrate. And I offer that solution to Republicans in my book, Hide Your Children. So if you haven't already gotten your copy, go to hideyourchildrenbook.com, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore, grab your copy. Thank you guys for driving it up the bestseller list on Amazon. I love watching it every day. I click on it about 10 times to see what its ranking is because you guys are just kicking it up, up, up further. And I really appreciate appreciate that. So go to hideyourchildrenbook.com. Let me know what you think once you read it. And we have some other important things to talk about on the show today, not just how boring the Republican debate was. You know, it's funny to me sometimes which of my tweets caused the biggest backlash on, well, I guess it's known as X now, formerly known as Twitter. I send out a lot of tweets, and once in a while, one just really triggers the other side of the aisle. And that happened today and yesterday. But what's doubly funny about this is this this post on X didn't just trigger the left. It triggered people within our own party. And I want to I wanna read it to you first, and then I want to read some of the responses to it. So I sent out this post on X at about 5.53 p.m. on September 26th. And I said, um, I'd rather shut down the government than give four and a half billion more dollars to Zelensky and Ukraine, period. And the point of me sending out this post, I mean, it should be pretty obvious. This is one sentence. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's just not rocket science. This, this debate or this conflict that Speaker McCarthy is having with Matt Gates, and by the way, Matt Gates is 100% right about this conflict. We should not be passing more spending bills that include an unlimited tap of cash from American taxpayers to Zelensky in Ukraine. This is wrong. And I don't care if the government shuts down. All these politicians in Washington always act like it's going to be some kind of catastrophe if the government shuts down. First of all, the vast majority of people in our country wouldn't even notice if the federal government shut down. They literally wouldn't even notice. Their lives would not be impacted one iota. And yet all these politicians in Washington always act like it would be the apocalypse if the federal government ground to a halt for a matter of days, which probably just tells us, probably just shows us how inflated their egos are. But I posted this because it seemed like an obvious point to me that needed to be made because it's really not that big of a catastrophe if the government shuts down. But the responses to this are quite interesting. So I don't know if this person is on the left or the right. Um, This is her bio. Photographer, animal advocate, graphic designer, tree addict, entrepreneur spirit, political junkie inspired by Buddhism. Well, maybe it's safe to say that she's a leftist. We could probably infer that. But this is what she said. She said, of course you would, meaning of course I would prefer a government shutdown because it won't affect your white privileged wallet. So first of all, it's just funny how they always try to bring race into it. Like race has anything to do with this. And this is, this is my response to this. Well, spending unlimited trillions of dollars in Ukraine the way that we are, that right there is impacting people's wallets. 
Like, make no mistake, that is impacting the lowest income people who live paycheck to paycheck in this country because when we give an unlimited amount of money to Zelensky, what happens? We have to print that money because we're not raising it via taxation. When you print money the way that Biden's printing it, it devalues our dollar, which causes inflation. And Lisa, how does inflation impact the working class American man and woman? It causes them to have to pay more for gas and for groceries. It causes their paycheck, even though technically they've received a raise, it causes it to shrink in value because their their wage increases are not outpacing inflation. Inflation is outpacing the wage increase. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. So if you actually want to talk about what's negatively impacting Americans economically, especially the working class, because let's face it, elitists don't really care if their gallon of gas costs $2 or $5 or $10. It doesn't make a difference to them. But you know who it does make a difference to? The working class American man and woman. And they're the ones that are paying so much more for these everyday necessities that you can't just cut out of your budget because Biden is devaluing the dollar because he continues to spend money in Ukraine. And it's not just Biden. I mean, this is not just Democrats that are doing this. Clearly, some Republicans are on board with this as well. Republicans like Kevin McCarthy, which is why I'm calling this out, because this is a problem with Washington, D.C. politicians, not just a problem with Biden himself. He may be the leader of it, but it seems to me that both parties are guilty here. There was another comment that another response that I wanted to address on this on this tweet. Let me find it because this was a really interesting one. It was a response. Oh yeah, it was from it was from a guy named Damon. Let me see what his bio is. I don't I don't know what side of the aisle he is on, but he said, if you shut down the government, then our military won't be paid. Elderly folks and retirees won't receive their Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare. Veterans will not receive their pensions. Republicans want to cut off the arm to spite the body. And this is exactly how Democrats want you to think about this, Damon. They want you to think that it's Republicans that would be depriving whether this is military, veterans, elderly, or disabled, their their government paycheck. But let's think about this strategically for a second. Who's actually holding this money hostage? Who is it? Is it Republicans or is it Democrats? Because Republicans are very willing to pass a continuing resolution which would fund our government, which would allow our government to pay the different people that you listed. Republicans are very willing to pass a continuing resolution like that. But it's Democrats who are saying, actually, we don't want to pass a resolution unless you also agree combined with these other things, Social Security, Medicaid, veterans, disabled, unless combined with those things, we attach almost $5 billion for Zelensky. So who exactly is holding is, is the one holding the hostage here? Is it Republicans or is it Democrats? 
The answer to this obviously is Democrats. Um, it's Democrats who are willing to use these people as pawns, veterans and the disabled and military and elderly folks and retirees. They're willing to use those people as pawns and threaten, threaten their livelihoods, threaten not to give them the checks that they need unless we also give money to Zelensky. So no, it's not the Republicans holding people hostage here. It's the Democrats, I guess, and McCarthy. But McCarthy, if McCarthy counts as a Republican, then we're, we're in a sad state of affairs. So over in Philadelphia, there was a Black Lives Matter riot. It was a, a massive looting that happened. It was nuts to see these people just walking into stores like Lululemon and Foot Locker and stealing merchandise and walking off with it. And no consequences, no accountability. I want to show you a video of what this looks like. This was streamed by uh, a BLM influencer who calls herself Meatball. I guess you'll see why she calls herself Meatball once we start playing this video. But you can watch her streaming the looting of these stores and celebrating the looting. Rebecca, we can play this video whenever you bring it up. She's live streaming as mobs and mobs of Black Lives Matter rioters are committing mass lootings in Philadelphia. And listen to what she's saying. She's saying everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. So let's pause it there for a second. So first of all, you might be looking at this video and you might be thinking, well, it looks like she's been eating plenty. Maybe everybody's share. It looks like she's, she's well-fed. And if you were thinking that, then you're fat phobic and I invite you to join the body positivity movement. Um, but this is the justification that Black Lives Matter rioters and looters are giving that they're raiding Lululemon and Foot Locker because they need to eat. They're stealing high-end merchandise from stores, not paying for it, just committing an act of, of robbery because they don't have enough food. Do they actually believe this? Does anybody believe this? The Democrats think that we are so stupid that we might believe this. But that is not the case. So fast forward to the next day, 20 of these Black Lives Matter rioters, fortunately, thankfully, justly, were arrested for the crimes that they committed. Meatball was one of the ones arrested. And take a look at her mugshot. It just doesn't get better than this. If this is not poetic justice, then I don't know what it is. Meatball arrested in her mugshot there on the right with tears running down her face. I don't know, maybe she's just hungry, guys. Maybe she just didn't get her burger before she got booked in the jail. I, it just absolutely slays me that she was celebrating outside of the looting of these stores, and now she's arrested and is crying about it like the whiny little baby that she is. Um, speaking of whiny little babies, Senator Fetterman, um, his childish behavior, and I hate to even, I don't even always like to use the word childish because I think it is insulting to children. And I don't know any children as poorly behaved as Senator Fetterman. He is now allowed, thanks to Chuck Schumer, changing the dress code in the Senate. He's allowed to wear gym shoes and a ratty old hoodie and sneakers into the United States Senate instead of dressing professionally and respectfully and like an adult, like a grown man. And the New York Post did the funniest thing, make, essentially making fun of, of Fetterman and the fact that he's now allowed to dress like a slob on the floor of the United States Senate. The New York Post dressed in an outfit like Fetterman, a ratty hoodie, gym shorts, and sneakers, and went into New York City's finest restaurants and asked to be seated. And the waitresses, the maitre d's of these restaurants sent, and the, the, the New York Post reporter, by the way, is John Levine, and sent John Levine 
packing. They were so disgusted by how he was dressed. They looked him up and down like he had just walked in wearing garbage, which I guess he kind of did. And they sent him packing. They wouldn't even let him eat at a restaurant. And yet John Fetterman is allowed to dress like this in the United States Senate. Take a look at this video. It's hilarious. Look at the way they are looking him up and down. I know the audio is just a little fuzzy because this was uh, essentially an undercover camera. But he's asking to be seated and look at the body language of these waitresses. They're like, we do not, we don't let shorts in the restaurant. How hard is that? How hard would that have been for Chuck Schumer to say to John Fetterman, we don't let shorts in the United States Senate? Some 22-year-old girl who works as a, a waitress, a greeter at a restaurant can say it, and yet the majority leader of the United States Senate can't even bring himself to say it. This is actually the funniest thing. And like I said, I know the audio is fuzzy, but even the video, look at how disgusted that girl is by how he looks. He would not be permitted here. You know what I'm talking about, John. No, I don't, but we've turned away guests. You've turned away. He asked if John Fetterman would be permitted here, and the girl goes, not dressed like that. Not dressed like that. Well, there you go. There you go. That's good enough. We get the point here. And the point is, John Fetterman is a slob, and he shouldn't be permitted to go in the United States Senate dressed like one. You can't even go out to eat dressed like he goes to work in the United States Senate. So the New York Police Department has adopted a new tactic for policing. And how do we even describe how stupid this is? Let's show this video. This is New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He has unveiled an NYPD robot cop. Yes, a robot cop that supposedly is supposed to patrol the subway platform in New York City. You can see him unveiling it in this short clip right here. And all I could think of when I first saw this video was the video that we watched. I think it was from one one of the videos was from San Francisco and the other one was from Austin, Texas, I believe, where these autonomous Amazon delivery vehicles were just vandalized and overturned and destroyed by homeless people. Like, how many thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars did Eric Adams spend on this stupid robocop, this stupid robot cop? How long do you think it's going to take for these drug-addled, mentally deranged people who lurk on the New York City subway to destroy this? It's a total waste of taxpayer money. Maybe if you wanted to actually curb crime, Mayor Adams, you could arrest people who commit crimes and you could keep them in jail instead of letting them out of jail, especially when they've committed violent crimes against other people. But apparently the suggestion, while it might sound common sense to you and me, is too uh, controversial of an idea for the mayor of New York City to adopt. So he prefers to unveil robots to patrol the subway instead. So according to reports, a reboot of the sitcom The Office is in the works. And I confess to you, I do not like this idea at all. And I say that as a fan of The Office. I love that show. I think it's hilarious. But let me read you a little bit of the Daily Wire's report. They said rumors are circulating again about the hit NBC comedy, The Office, getting a reboot in the near future. The series starring Steve Carell as oblivious boss Michael Scott aired from 2005 until 2013 and has become one of the most beloved comedies in modern television history. Chatter that a remake is one of the upcoming projects on the docket following the end of the Writers Guild of America strike which could come soon as a tentative agreement was reportedly reached last weekend. The news comes courtesy of the Puck 
newsletter, the article written by Matthew Bologna and Jonathan Handel said the original series showrunner Greg Daniels would return for the latest iteration. They wrote, Greg Daniels is set to do a reboot of The Office, for instance, et cetera, et cetera. And let me tell you why I don't think this is a good idea, even though I love The Office. First of all, The Office wasn't funny after Steve Carell left. I hate to say it because a lot of the characters are still independently funny. John Krasinski is hilarious, regardless of of Steve Carell, so is Jenna Fisher, so is Rain Wilson, who played Dwight. They're all really, really funny people, but The Office wasn't funny after Steve Carell left. They should have ended the series when, when Michael Scott moved away to marry his girlfriend, Holly. They should not have continued the series. And according to reports, Steve Carell and John Krasinski would not be part of this reboot. So what is The Office without Michael and Jim? They're the two main characters. They're the staples. They're the reason The Office was, was hilarious because of Steve Carell and relatable because Jim was supposed to be the everyman. He was supposed to be the one we related to. Terrible idea to reboot The Office without the main characters. But furthermore, The Office as a reboot, even if you had Steve Carell, even if you had John Krasinski and all of the original cast, they wouldn't even be able to do it in this day and age. Every single thing, every single episode of The Office, there was something quote unquote offensive in it. And some of these things actually were offensive. Some of these things were supposed to highlight the absurdity of offensive things. But wokeness has completely destroyed the ability to be comedic. Think about, for example, one of the most famous episodes of The Office, the one with the gaydar, or the one with Dwight's, Dwight and Michael's pseudo-gay kiss, one of the funniest episodes of all time. Do you think that that could be made now? Do you think that, that Dwight could walk around the office with like a metal detector and swipe it on people to see if it if starts beeping if someone's gay? Do you think that you could get away with that now? Of course not. You'd be canceled in an instant. You'd be told that you were homophobic and transphobic. And the only solution to this would be to get a, 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 a black trans woman as a main character that shared an office with Steve Carell. <laughs> There'd be so much virtue signaling every time they even tried to make a joke that it would be awful. And moreover, it would be sad because... I don't know what it is about Hollywood these days, but they're obsessed with these remakes and these reboots. I don't know why they can't just create something original. Create something new. Create something that's the next big thing. You don't have to try to grasp at something from the past. Maybe the reason they do that is because they aren't allowed to be creative because wokeness is like a straitjacket and all their creativity is stifled. But I love The Office. The reboot is a bad, bad idea. So independent journalist Carlin Borisenka infiltrated a socialism conference, which was aptly named the Socialism Conference. I guess it's one of the biggest conferences where socialists gather in the United States. And she went undercover. She doesn't identify as a conservative, but she's on our side. I would say she's on the right versus on the left. She's certainly not a socialist. <laughs> she can describe to you her exact ideology. We agree on a lot and we disagree on some stuff, but she's a great follow on X. Highly recommend you guys follow her there. But she took a recording device with her undercover at this conference and caught the socialists at this conference admitting exactly what they want for our country, what they want for our families, what they want for our children, and how they are trying to sneak their ideology and indoctrination past even past us, even in states where, for example, it is not legal any longer to indoctrinate with critical race theory in schools. They have strategies and loopholes that they're exploiting to try to get around this. So I want to show you some of this footage that she captured because it's remarkable. It's also a, it's also a crazy thing to do to go to a socialism conference. So um, guys, follow her at carlin.substack.com, but she's with me now. Carlin Borisenka, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me and discussing what is a little bit of a crazy topic, if we're honest about it. <laughs> 
This is a crazy topic. So before we even get into the clips, I want you to tell me how you came up with this idea and how you pulled it off. Because I would say, just to be a little stereotypical, that if you line up a bunch of people on the right, maybe conservatives, and then you line up a bunch of socialists, they look a little different, they act a little different, they talk a little different. So how did you pull off going to this conference without them discovering that you were a plant? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked because it was actually quite an endeavor. About a year ago, I started on my YouTube channel just as a gag, this thing called Socialism Saturday, where every Saturday on my channel, we sit down and we watch real socialist content and we talk about it and we have drinks and we make fun of them. And it actually started because I realized this socialism conference was streaming their keynotes onto YouTube live last year. And it was like, ha ha, guys, let's make fun of the socialists. And then we all kind of became so obsessed with it that it became a weekly endeavor. And we started learning who these real socialists activists were. And we started learning how to speak socialist because even though it sounds like they speak English, they don't really speak English. They speak in code so that that only they can understand. And after a year of watching these people once or twice a week online, I said, you know what? I want to go into the belly of the beast. I want to go to the socialism conference. I'm ready. I know how to speak socialist. I know how to dress like them. I know how to act like them. And so I decided to sign up and go. And actually, it's funny how I got away with it because the socialists were well aware that I was streaming their content. And they didn't like it at all. Like I was one of their public enemies. And so I signed up under a fake name several months ago. And then when it started getting closer to the conference, I said, what, what would happen if I signed up under my real name? Would they let me come? Would they let me listen to their content? Because I, I, I'm not disruptive or anything. I just wanted to listen. And so I signed up under my real name, but also had the fake name registration. And then two days after they closed online registration, they emailed me and they preemptively banned me from the conference for a code of conduct violation before I even left New Hampshire to go. And I was like, okay, well, I still have the fake name registration, so I'm still going. On my way to Chicago, I was literally sitting in the airport in Boston. I got an email from my hotel. They canceled my hotel reservation while I was on the way there. So it was like this mad dash where I had to find another hotel that was... um near the conference, but I did. And I, I was in a disguise. I had to dye my hair. I got these SJW glasses. But the key of it was, Liz, is that this, <laughs> this conference has a mask mandate. And so I kind of had like a built-in disguise where I, I just dressed oh, very non-binary and I got past all of them. <laughs> that is so, so first of all, the glasses, it's the same glasses you're wearing right now, right? You got those as part yes, of your disguise. I actually did. They I, totally like, I mean, fit I, you. I actually like them. I actually really like them too. And I'd been planning on getting these glasses for a long time. And actually like, so I got them a couple weeks before the conference and I said, I'm just not going to wear them publicly before I go so that no one will have seen them. So what did you do to disguise your appearance? Because if you've been streaming on YouTube and the socialists knew yeah. who you were, you were public enemy number one, they would recognize your voice. I mean, you have a distinctive voice, I think. Um, oh. And they also <laughs> know what your face looks like from all these up close videos. So what did you do to disguise yourself? Well, so I did have to wear a mask the whole time. Like, and, and then, so I was wearing that mask everywhere. I did not take that mask off until I got back to the hotel room, actually. <laughs> and so I was like one of those people walking down the street wearing a mask. But, you know, the glasses actually really do change my appearance. Um, I, my hair was a different color. I styled it in a different way. I was wearing a mask. I wore really baggy clothes. So I really tried to make myself look like much bigger than I actually am in real life because a lot of socialists are a lot bigger. It's just the way it goes. And so I just kind of like <laughs> kept to myself. I did didn't really talk to anyone. I kind of just like, you know, I came in, I sat in their sessions. I had a little tiny recording device in my pocket that's that big. And I just sat there and I listened to them. Interesting. And were they friendly? Like, did they notice that you were someone that didn't usually come to their conference? Did they try to engage with you? Oh, 
Oh, they did try to engage with me. Oh, they're very friendly. They're they're very nice to people who they think are other socialists, like for sure. I mean, it is actually like, you know, you know, like the whole like body positivity thing and just like accepting everyone that applies to people who they think are on their side. And so they're not going to like ostracize anyone for any reason, as long as they think that you have the same politics as they do. Okay, we have time for one random thing from the internet. This is in honor of the Republican debate that we all had to suffer through last night. This is from 1988 from SNL, you know, back when SNL was actually funny. This is a parody of the Democrat candidate from that year. Take a look. Dukakis, of course. The following program has been paid for by the Democratic National Committee. Good evening. I'm I'm Mike Dukakis. I'm the Democratic candidate for president of the United States. Now, several months ago, when we purchased this half hour of television time, we planned to use it for a last-minute appeal to undecided voters. But, uh, quite frankly, after meeting with my advisors and uh, seeing the latest polls, it's clear to me, and it would be clear to anyone, that I don't have a Chinaman's chance of winning this election. (laughs) I'm going to be beaten. Badly beaten. (laughs) And I see no reason to sit here tonight and pretend otherwise. However, now I've got 30 minutes of prepaid, non-refundable network time. Now, I could sit here and give you the same old uh, song and dance about good jobs and good wages and... uh, The best America is yet to come. (laughs) Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) But if you haven't bought it by now, why bother? (laughs) So instead of speeches, I decided to throw a party for everyone involved with the campaign. Okay, let's fast forward to the end because his last line... I mean, this is a pretty good imitation. I think most people, this is pretty funny. But the very last line before he closes, listen to what he says. This is back when SNL actually said things that were funny and didn't always say them through the lens of political ideology, through the lens of leftist ideology. Listen to what he says. Okay, take a look. You know, I I think the one thing that uh, really hurt us is the fact (laughs) that Reaganomics works. It really does. And... uh, I mean, aren't you better off than you were eight years ago? I know I am. Well, how about the rest of you? I wish you weren't, but you are. You are better off. And there's, uh, there's no denying it. Well, I'd, I'd like to thank my guests, uh, my running mate, uh, Can Lloyd you Benson, imagine? Who asked me to remind... Can you imagine if SNL were to mock a Democratic presidential candidate by having that Democrat presidential candidate admit that the Republican incumbent had been successful? Like, bam, mind blown. Maybe that was a throwback to a better time in politics. Maybe certainly better than the Republican debate that we all had to sit through. Guys, if you haven't gotten your copy of my book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids, you can get it now. I appreciate everyone who's been buying it. I'm loving reading your feedback. Pick up your copy at hideyourchildrenbook.com or you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or walk in any bookstore and you can get it there too. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.